How are designers like us supposed to know where to begin every project? What questions to ask, selecting materials, how to spec processes, how to be sustainable? If you're asking these questions, this show's the answer. All right, packaging peeps, I've got a special message from our sponsor, idpdirect.com. If you want a more transparent supply chain and color consistency across your entire retail packaging program, check out idpdirect.com. Not only do they make some of the most beautiful luxury retail packaging around the world, they're factory direct, meaning you speak directly with a factory making your packaging, not a middleman. Check out idpdirect.com and schedule a consultation anywhere in the world near you. idpdirect.com. Hey guys, so Coke's got a new paper bottle. This is all over the news. You're getting tons of publicity, tons of comments all over. Uh, every news article has a, just a huge thread of comments. Now, what do I think of this bottle, right? So the, the biggest concern that I have when I see this is it's paper and it appears to be wrapped around a plastic bottle. Now, one of the things that we understand is from a sustainability standpoint, when you go to a MRF, when your product is picked up at curbside and delivered to the MRF, they don't prefer to have, well, they don't prefer, they don't like having multi-layered material. Now, what we've got here is paper and plastic. Individually, the PET bottle can be recycled. You know, you got to keep your lid on there and you can send that through the recycling. You know, that gets shredded, turned into pellets, and then it can be turned, turned into anything else you want to be after that. But the fact that there's paper bound to this plastic, what are we actually getting? You know, what is that benefit? We have a paper wrapper essentially on a plastic bottle. There's no way to separate those two. And if there is a way to separate the two for the consumer to tear them in half and separate them, then what's the point of having the paper in the first place? You know, is that bottle inside more of a sack, more of a flexible plastic? If that's the case, flexible plastic isn't recyclable. Let me rephrase that. Flexible packaging is not curbside recyclable. And I say that because Technically, flexible plastic is recyclable. You can drive it to the store. You can order something online. It's delivered to you in a flexible plastic, and then you can get into your car that you didn't want to get to in the first place because you ordered something online. Now you've got to get into your car. You've got to drive across town to a store that accepts flexible plastic, and then you have to drop off that one piece of trash so that it can get recycled. So yes, flexible plastic can be recycled. Am I a fan of flexible plastic? I'm not a fan of flexible plastic, but I do live in America and I do shop. So I have, you know, I've got a pantry with a ton of flexible plastic in there. Um, I collect it and I drop it off at my, I drop it off at my grocery store when I do remember to take it, but it's definitely not uh, something I see a lot of people doing. And I only do it because I'm in packaging. Otherwise, I would probably just throw that in my recycle bin like everybody else does because it has a recycle symbol on it. Now, with this Coca-Cola paper bottle, this isn't the first bottle out there. There's been a few. Uh, Absolute came out with one. Um, there's been a few other ones in the past. Uh, seventh Generation has a paper jug essentially for detergents. Those paper bottles have these plastic sacks inside of them. So the paper bottle only provides the structure. Again, benefit when we're combining materials, there's not a lot there. Um, it, it looks great when you're on shelf and you're like, oh, I've got a, I can buy all this plastic from this jug or I can buy all of this paper that's you know probably OCC molded into this shape. Consumers feel better about grabbing paper and paper feels good, right? It feels more natural when you grab that. But essentially that plastic jug is probably gonna have an easier time going through the recycling system than a paper one with a plastic liner. Now, if you have to communicate to your consumer that you've got to tear this pack apart, you've got to remove the lid, you've got to tear the, the tear strip around the neck and separate the, the plastic sack from the paper container, you're asking too much. Consumers want to just grab their item, put it in the recycle bin, and feel confident that it's going to be recycled. So if that's the case, 
we really need to look at ways to simplify the system versus trying to make things so complicated that, you know, just everyday Americans, you know, and I, and when I say everyday Americans, or I, I pick out like an individual person that I see is going to be interacting with packaging, I think of my mom. My mom's going to grab that paper bottle, the plastic sack in it. She's going to throw that into the curbside recycling bin. She's not going to separate the two because in her mind, you've got paper, which is recyclable. You've got plastic, which is recyclable. And look, they're coming together, which is really convenient for her because now she just has to throw it in the, in the recycle bin. But that's not the way it works. So Coke bottle, which I've never seen. I haven't held in my hand. I don't know exactly how it works. And they're not releasing a lot of information. So just based off of first impressions, I don't think it's a win. I think it's a fail. All right, we'll see if I'm wrong. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to The Packaging Podcast. That way, you can get an insightful podcast every day. The Packaging Podcast is hosted by me, Evelio Matos. If you enjoyed the show, pay it forward by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. It'll help grow the show and support our growing audience. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk soon.